That's what's up. That's what's up. That's what's up. That's what's up. Well, if me bust on your head, you try. That's what's up. Then I dig low with my trauma. That's what's up. And all them haters never look wild. That's what's up. And all I know, Jack Nasty. That's what's up. Good morning, Turks and Caicos. Welcome to another episode of What's Up with yours truly, host Andy Misick, a show in which I interview some of the most influential people across the entire Turks and Caicos Islands. So today I'm here with entrepreneur and hockey player, Mr. Yeah. Mr. Christoph Malcolm. So how are you doing, Mr. Malcolm? I'm doing well, man. First and foremost, I want to thank you for, first of all, starting this, mm-hmm. this program, you know, for us to come out and talk about our lives and our stuff that we're going through and any um you know any any situations that may be happening that people could learn from so right off the bat i want to say thank you mm-hmm. and to the listeners out there my name is christoph malcolm um born in grand turk and i'm an entrepreneur and also i used, uh, used to play ice hockey mm-hmm. so can you tell me a little about your entrepreneurial journey and what inspired you to take the route of being a businessman yeah so um essentially it came in it came to me uh, i think one of my final years of school through ice hockey i wanted to to play another year i had some office uh professionally i wanted to to you know hone my skills a little bit and um to do that i i added another major finance in the mining entrepreneurship and um I think there's why I fell I fell in love with it, you know, just just the process of getting from A to B, the process of, you know, trying to figure out the exact needs of someone and not the exact, but hopefully the needs of, of uh, your, your potential customers. So um, it definitely started in school. And um, I've also done some stuff before that with the Wolfpack weekend. We used to throw a little bit of parties and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and then also give back to the community through that. So it's, it's been it's been over my mm-hmm. over my lifetime. But really in school, it it came it came to me. So what are the different businesses that you currently have? So I have Keiko's Pro Wash and uh, Turf and Keiko's. Keiko's Pro Wash is a commercial and residential cleaning. We try to focus on exterior cleaning, so pressure washing, roof cleaning, gutter cleaning, windows. Um, but also there's a need for the interior, especially with the amount of villas and Airbnbs going up. So uh, we've kind of ventured into that as well, but that wasn't the original um, plan. And then um, Turf and Keiko's, which is artificial grass. So we, we do the full scope of the job, ranging from providing the turf shipping and then also the base work and the installation as well mm-hmm. so what made you choose those avenues for business um i i i was looking at some of my friends as well and uh, some people around me and noticed that there's a lot of attention on the water right mm-hmm. um which is great you know that's that's our money maker however i wanted to bring some attention into into the land where i i i grew to love and that i love daily still so we wanted to to kind of enhance what's going on in the land and i think through the Caicos pro wash with uh with the exterior cleaning you know we could pro- provide some benefit for customers through there and um with the um artificial grass as well you know giving a little bit of curb appeal in some instances and um providing just basically a an avenue for people to enhance their properties and and stuff Mm -hmm. like that so that's that's essentially uh in a nutshell what i wanted to do with Mm it so what steps did you take like to create your business um i would say initially it was 
an idea. Mm-hmm. Obviously, with COVID and everything, you had a lot of time to think when you're in the room. And, um, you know, I've, I worked for uh, some big companies out in the States for a while. And when it was my time to come back home, um, I saw an opportunity through the MSME program and Invest TCI. And um, also, shout out to Invest TCI and Anissa Adderley, who has been a, uh, uh, a tremendous help for me in getting my business off the ground. And essentially, yeah, that was it. I just wanted to to really to to uh, use that opportunity that was given mm-hmm. to me as a Texan Caicos Islander through that program, and um, I benefited from it. So, so what are some of the challenges you faced in starting up and now continuing with your business? And how did you did, do you and or did you go about overcoming them? Um, I would say. I would say the the scaling mm-hmm. I think right now is is something that's challenging for me right now. Um I'm trying to get, you know, obviously grow and get bigger and then this workforce and a lot of a lot of factors that you don't really take into consideration right off the bat or I should or I should have. Mm-hmm. Um but um you know, it's 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 always an ongoing process. So you just gotta love what you do. You gotta obviously stay motivated, and um, you know you gotta keep your long term goals. So I think with my goals and where I want to be, I feel like this might be the best route, best route for me right now. I know being an entrepreneur is very very, I mean, time consuming. I could see by the way how how difficult it was to contact you. Yeah. You know, so how do you, I mean, manage your time? What are some tips? Uh, for time management, I think it's very important to have a, a a support system, and that could be either your partners or your employees. Um, because essentially, as a business owner, you, you kind of find yourself working for your employees in a sense, you know, because mm-hmm. you need to make sure they have all the tools they need um, to 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 get the job done, essentially. So um, I feel myself that I'm always catering towards them and making sure that they have everything that they need to get done. Mm-hmm. Um, I think time management-wise, uh, it's been a... It's been difficult for me, mm-hmm. uh, especially as a sole proprietorship. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Man, I, I have a black book. I have a black book that I got from my school when I graduated, and I write down everything in there, mm-hmm. any thought, any number, any um, potential client, mm-hmm. anything that comes about, I write it down in that book. And at every morning, that's the first thing I look at, and um, at night before I go to bed. How important is networking when it comes to being an entrepreneur? Networking is is uh, extremely important. Obviously, I know when I was getting into school, that was something that they told me you need to focus on in terms of, I mean, in addition to your, your studies, right? Because you're sitting around like-minded people and, um, you know, there, there potentially could be business partners customers etc so i think when it comes to networking i'm still i'm still in the early stages of that um i i'm still learning on how to leverage uh my 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 network and i also don't want to want to go to someone that i believe would support me and then not be ready for that. So you also mm-hmm. got to be ready for your network because sometimes, mm-hmm. especially how small Turks and Caicos is, mm-hmm. um, you're, you're, you can rub shoulders with some very influential mm-hmm. people pretty quickly. So I just want to make sure that at 
when I do come, even if they don't want it. But if when I do come, I want to make sure that I have a. Uh, I don't want to give a subpar service. That's one thing I realized here. I mean, people are willing to assist, but you have to be ready. Exactly. Like I, I can remember I went to a man, a guy, a couple of years back. Man, I want to start a business, mm. and the guy say, "All right, let's start it." Right? That's a little shot. Yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. he's ready to yeah. help me and assist me right there and then. But mm-hmm. then I say I wasn't ready as the other time we save up. Then you know, so I feel like a lot of people got to stray away from the perception that people aren't willing to help. Mm-hmm. You know, there are people who are willing to help and. I know you are an individual who are willing to help as well, of but course. you know you have to be ready, like you said. Mm-hmm. So, how do you stay motivated and overcome setbacks? Because I know being a businessman comes with a lot of setbacks. A lot of setbacks. You, know, you have your up days, down days. How do you stay motivated and keep going? Um, I I contribute. I would say stay level headed. Um, mm-hmm. obviously there's there's a lot of things you can't control, no matter how much you plan. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just gotta be prepared for for any obstacles and whether that's when you're quoting a job or you know when you're preparing for certain situations i think we have the luxury in turks and Caicos islands especially in provo of being it small mm-hmm. being being small in the sense so if i forget something at a job and that's could take me hours could set me back a couple hours mm-hmm. you know i can u- usually go down the road and you know mm-hmm. sort that out but um i believe that that uh the setbacks and the motivation my family you know, my family keeps me motivated. Um, what I want to do long term keeps me motivated. And, um, you know, my country, I, I came back for a reason. And I think I have something to contribute to the country. And I just want to do it to the best of my abilities, even though I am starting very small. And and some people may not agree mm-hmm. with my, my path that I've taken. Mm-hmm. So what is some encouragement for individuals who have a desire to pursue the business world of things, but might just be might be too scared? To yeah. This step. Um, I would say, man, compared to to like our our parents and everything, we we have a, a vast amount of resources. Eh? Um, Google for one, mm-hmm. you know. So you got to do your research. Um, you got to start your business plan. Start writing down stuff because that also gives you the confidence to keep going. So as soon as you start writing down, hey, listen, okay, these are the steps that I might need to take to get from A to B. Then you start getting more confidence because you you're researching more and now you feel more equipped to make regular dis- I mean make decisions, mm-hmm. you know, towards your goals. So um, definitely, man, uh, research. Like my my old man used to say, if you if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. So planning is something that uh, that I I personally keep in my life. So if there's anything that's happening, I like try to plan it out, even though I know that it might not go as planned. Mm-hmm. It's always good to have a base. So if you stray away from it a little bit, mm-hmm. you can always you know you got somewhere to go back mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. So there's a segment of my show that I call I mean giving flowers in which I applaud those who I invite on the show because they are usually doing major things in the community like yourself. You know, yeah. you're doing amazing stuff in the community in terms of being a local businessman. You know, it's always great to see a fellow brother you know who, who just a uh, businessman doing major things because that's what it's all about you know yeah. eventually becoming self-employed and becoming your own innovator and creator exactly and your 
you're in a market that is not common, which is really amazing because you are creating an avenue for many others to follow suit as well mm. because, oh, I never thought of that. So that's what a true businessman is all about, you know. Yeah. And also in terms of hockey, you know, and I heard about, you know, this is a toxic exile who used to play hockey and not only play hockey, but do it in an amazing way. I was like, wow, you know, I, I, I got to get him on the show. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. so, it's it's just it's it's a privilege to be here interviewing you, with, you in terms of when considering the major things that you're doing and i just wish you the, all the best and just keep going yeah appreciate that man you as well mm-hmm. so i mean can you give me a rundown of your journey to playing hockey i mean it's an uncommon sport and the turks and kickers how did you start playing hockey yeah man um i think i mentioned this story earlier but uh my daddy uh he he was a soccer player right so he played soccer and cricket and stuff like that so i was into soccer and basketball growing up and the phl the provo hockey league they had a learn skate program i think this is just when the sports center graceway sports center was opening up and i was playing soccer and that morning I don't think I ate breakfast <laughs> and they were, they had free pancakes and in order for you to have the free pancakes you had to try the skating so um so after soccer my me and my daddy we went over there and they were like yeah if you want the pancakes you got to try the skating and ever since then it, it just took off I think the difficulty of it uh the speed of the game everything so something happened that day. So and- I mean it was like you sign up for skating and then you you go hockey to ha- hockey practice as well yeah so essentially we, it was just to learn the skate program so mm-hmm. i was skating around with like a chair mm-hmm. you know trying to balance and stuff and that happened for a few weeks um although it was late in the summer and i think the hockey the hockey program was starting maybe a few weeks after i first mm-hmm. started skating um you know they was they were just mm-hmm. they were working with me they gave me skates they gave me everything that i needed or let me borrow everything that I needed to start and uh, since then I just I just started playing hockey I started playing goalie and um, uh, one practice my coach Steve Martin uh, I asked him if I could if I could go play defense and come out of goalie for a little bit because I've been practicing in my house mm-hmm. and that's the reason because with goalies you're not moving yeah. as much right yeah. so I was practicing my house knowing that in a couple years I wanted to get out um, so yeah they let me come out one practice and they were surprised and I never went back to goalie since. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they, the it, they still have the hockey league here. That mean the hockey, the purple, purple hockey league. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So anyone can go and join. You know, how does one sign up their kid to join? Yeah, you can go to um, well, one you can contact me. Um, I I have some contacts as well that I can forward you to. I'm hoping to get more involved this this fall. Um, and yeah, you can you can show up at the the Provo Hockey League. I think they start advertising around September ish to mm-hmm. to get ready for October November season. And yeah, you go sign up for the kids. And I think the highest, the eldest you can right now is is fifteen years old. But I think any they can accommodate any age before that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, what are some of like the different levels that you played at? I mean, ho- ho- hockey. Give me a little transition to. For you from going from, you know, just being skating, mm-hmm. you know, playing with the Provo, I mean, the Provo League, right? Mm-hmm. And so you guys competed, I mean, on the, in the Turks and Caicos and you'll travel abroad as well as played abroad? Yes. So mm-hmm. um, initially, um, 
I don't think I think that first year when I was playing goalie, they had a team that go that went off to Detroit. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it was my first year I wasn't playing as well. But um, a few years later, when I started to play mm-hmm. defense, we had another national team, and we went to Savannah, Georgia. Uh, we also played a tournament in in North Carolina as well. And I believe, don't quote me, I believe we. That was the first time the Turks and Caicos Islands had won a, a hockey game outside mm-hmm. of the country. I don't think they won the game that first time they went off, mm-hmm. and um, and I just enjoyed the experience, man. Just I just I just love the game. I love how fast it is. I love how passionate people can get about mm-hmm. it. Um, I love the different emotions that come with it, and mm-hmm. and I would do everything again. So you went you went abroad to school, and you you joined a hockey team while you was abroad away. Yes. So during my during those those times at the um for the Turks and Caicos national team, we ended up, you know, talking to some people and I was like, you know what, I really want to try this. And my parents was like, Hey, if you want to do it, you know, you gotta do your research. Mm-hmm. You gotta plan. So I was looking up different schools, looking up different programs and stuff. And I was able to to convince them to let me move away with my my Uncle Jagan, my Aunt Sue and my cousin Jade. And that was in uh, Saint Andrews, New Brunswick. And then that following I spent six months there. Um, I didn't play much ice hockey, but I got I got a, a few games in, but it was uh, lower level, so house league. And then from there, Coach Steve actually accompanied me to Montreal, and that's when I that's when I got my real first taste of of mm-hmm. hockey. If anyone who knows hockey, they know like Canada is obviously the place to be for hockey, and then Montreal is just a different. They just how we breathe, uh, maybe basketball or track in Turks. That's how it is in Canada. So I got my real taste of hockey in in Montreal, and um, I played midget double A there, midget triple A the following year in Ottawa, and then junior A before the college. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I mean, after that you you branch off and you started to play like college. Yes, college like college was like I mean, which level in college do do they have for hockey? Different divisions, like yes. Yeah, yeah. so, oh, so I, you played in division. Um, so after after junior A, I played um, uh, ACHA Division Two. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't Division One program, but it was a Division Two mm-hmm. program. Um, we won multiple championships, mm-hmm. and um, we've we've also beat and played a lot of big schools. But mm-hmm. we were in Southwest Florida, and there was no team around us that you know could compete with us like that. So most of it was traveling, and that's just very expensive. So I think that's why we never really got to an NCAA program yet. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was it was great, man. We. We we played a lot of teams. We traveled. I lived I lived two years in Philadelphia prior. I did a year in Wyoming, so I was able to travel up and down mm-hmm. the West Coast, travel up and down the East Coast. I I, I did a um a little research the other day, just like me and some of my friends, and I think I've played a game in almost thirty five states wow. of the US. So I was able to travel a lot and then maybe four or five provinces mm-hmm. in, in Canada. So I think I was, it's really amazing how, mm-hmm. you know, sports just give you the opportunity to travel. Oh you know, man. To travel and mm-hmm. explore. And I mean, it's amazing that despite you was playing hockey, you got so many different experiences. You still finished school. Yes. And you know, I mean, how important it is 
this just a student aspect of being a student athlete how is the importance of that yeah um well first that was something my 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 parents drilled into me prior to leaving they say hey listen you you're a student first that's why it's called a student athlete right not an athletic student so you're a student athlete and um and i think it really it got got to me with my coaches my coaches were like man listen you you you're very in the middle of the pack so you have to differentiate yourself you know coaches don't want to deal with someone who's who's getting bad grades and can't keep up and do this and then and the other and then that's when i really honed down on on i mean i always was good in school but then that's when i was like all right if i even want to continue playing hockey which is a little motivation for me i need to do even better so uh, my grades excelled after that especially after the reality that mm-hmm. you need to differentiate yourself somehow Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what are some of like the different tournaments that you played in cuz I'm aware that you also played for the Jamaican team Jamaica team right Yes yeah, so I was able to represent team Jamaica um my grandmother is Jamaican so mm-hmm. uh through lineage and we played in the Lat- Latin American Cup so mm-hmm. that was a lot of Latin American countries um Caribbean countries and also the last tournament Lebanon joined so um it was it was a unique experience it was a very unique experience considering the fact that it was one of the few times where I was in a ice hockey locker room with people like myself mm-hmm. so I was listening to music that I grew up with um more so and it it's something that I wish I had experienced earlier because I I definitely fell in love with the game even more and I didn't know I could do that but being in the locker room with guys who are uh similar to me was was something that that I think will stick with me forever. You guys won, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, see That's I didn't amazing. even get to that far. Yeah, we won the good. That. That's amazing, man. Uh-huh. That's yeah. amazing. Uh, so I'm aware that you did some hockey camps in the past. Yes. Yeah. Um we did some hockey camps here and um we got a good a good amount of support, man. It mm-hmm. was I was hoping to get more more people who weren't really into hockey as yet so trying to convert them into trying hockey similar as to to what happened with me mm-hmm. uh but we also we got a lot of players from the PHL at that time and um it it was it was a great turnout i hope to do it again i hope to get mm-hmm. some of my friends down from the states that uh play play good roller hockey and play pro roller hockey as well mm-hmm. and um hopefully they could come down and we could do another, mm-hmm. do another so camp. what was what was one of the reasons why you conducted a camp and mm-hmm. like just I I don't know. I think it was it was solely because like for me when I was in the PHL and I just started, mm-hmm. I used to uh I used to get very intrigued about by new people coming in and teaching us how to play hockey because you usually listen to the same coach all year round, right? Mm-hmm. So now you got a different perspective for the game. Um you get some people who actually play the game consistently like all their life and then and you're like, "Okay, well, listen, I could really learn something from 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 these coaches." And there's one coach, Michael Hunt, who who came down to Turks and he him and I still talk to this day. I was 12 years old when I met him and mm-hmm. and that was years ago. He came for one week and we still and we still talk. So I wanted to have that impact on somebody else, you know. How boredness like sports and just molding you and helping you to grow as an individual. Man, I contribute a lot of who I am today uh mm-hmm. with sports. Uh, I believe it keeps you determined, keeps you consistent. Um it keeps you you know accountable and i think that's stuff that could 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 uh help you out 
for the rest of your life, man. And sports, sports has been an intricate part of my development, and I, I hope that if I ever have kids one day, that they would want to play, and I would contribute sports to to almost everything that's happening in my life right now. Mm-hmm. Along, obviously, along with my parents and my faith. Mm-hmm. Can you envision hockey becoming a dominant sport in the Dark Man, <laughs> I would love to, man. I mean, there's been some there's been some local players before me that I actually look up to that um really really good hockey players, man. Local hockey players? Local hockey players yeah. before me, man, that that um the PHL stopped, you know, at that age cut off, they weren't able to continue. Wow. Um but man, there's some players out there and I and like I, I told you earlier, this I like going down, say, Grace Bay, I've ran into a lot of a lot of hockey players. I have a few friends that play in the NHL currently and they would love to come down here and, and be able to to practice and also, you know, have that mm-hmm. vacation time with their family. And I think if that something like that happens, then then we would we would um you know, we would get more interest into the sport. And I believe Turkey Kegas Islanders are one great athletes. You mm-hmm. know, a lot of our athletes are, are really good mm-hmm. and they're really adaptable. So I believe that if any Turks and Kegas Islander wants to come and start playing hockey, I believe they will excel at it. What is your advice to anyone who's, who's just pursuing sports? Like, because you, you came, you started from not even being able to skate at what, 15 years old. Mm-hmm. And, and to a lot of people, though, that's a late age to start playing a sport. You start off from not being able to skate and you put in so much hard work to being a champion mm-hmm. and multiple occasions. What What is your advice to athletes, Turks and Caicos Island athletes who just want to get over the hump or just want to explore, travel, and just want to develop their skill in any sport? Any sport. I would yeah. say... I would say my development came from thinking out of the box. Um, mm. I believe my first my first skating classes when I went to Canada was with a figure skater because mm-hmm. I believe figure skaters are much better skaters than hockey players. Mm. So I Smart wanted to move. go, yeah. So yeah. I wanted to go straight to to the best. So uh, I did some lessons with a figure skating coach, and I would just say training training out of the box. Everyone usually tries to keep the same, you know, training regimen. And that kind of gives you a flat line. So I would say kind of just fluctuate your training. Fluctuate your training. Do your research. um, Accommodate your body type. Accommodate, you know, who, what type of player you are or athlete you are. If you're a bouncy guy or if you're a more strong guy, you got to work with your strengths. So that's something that I did. I always work with with my strengths and I just try not to do too much. Just, you know, get the job done. Mm You were abroad, I mean, playing hockey, you were abroad, you know, going to school. And a lot of people, you know, who are abroad, they don't have a desire to come back. What is? What are your thoughts on that? And what is the, one of the main reasons why you came back home? I would say first and foremost, uh, my family. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted to come home. I've been been away from my family consistently for, for, for almost 12, 13 years now. Um and and just how i had a strong feeling that i needed to go out and play hockey i needed to to leave the country and do something i had i had that same strong feeling of coming back home i i've gained a lot of experiences outside of the country traveling meeting different people networking and um i believe i have something to contribute to the country and um when it comes forth then i'll i'll definitely be prepared to do that mm-hmm. so what is 
I I like to end the show with a little bit of motivation, you know, because there are many toxic exiles who have desires to get in the business world of things, have desires to get into the sports world of things, or, you know, just have a desire to do something, but they're probably, you know, discouraged or probably losing hope. So what is your motivation for those individuals? Um... I would say you have to be clear about your goals. You have mm-hmm. to be clear about what you want and you you also have to be very you you don't want to sell yourself short. And I think that's something I've done in the past. Um so don't don't sell yourself short. So if you want to dream big, dream big and then you got a plan and you have to have steps towards your goal. Um obviously I'm in the middle of saying what I'm preaching mm-hmm. right now, you know, because I'm still doing my steps trying to get to where I am and I'm not too sure if I'm in the right direction, but mm-hmm. you know, I'll I'll keep continuing working the plan and you plan the work and you work the plan. Mm-hmm. And powerful. I like yeah. that. I mean, thanks thanks again Mr. Malcolm for taking the time out your busy schedule and coming and pour those words of wisdom, you know, very encouraging and uplifting. Keep doing what you're doing. However, I'm able to assist. I'm willing to and I know your family is willing to and mm. the country is proud of you. So keep Thank doing you, what man. you're doing. You are it, everyone. Mr. Andy Mizek with another great episode of What's Up. I'll see you next week with another episode. That's what's up. That's what's up. That's what's up. That's what's up. Well, if me bust on your head, you try. That's what's up. Then I dig low with my trauma. That's what's up. And all them haters, they might look wild. That's what's up. And all I know, Jack Nasty. That's what's up.